Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. Good morning, wherever you're watching from this morning. My name is Craig. Uh, such a wonderful morning in worship and uh, wherever you're online, whether locally or within the province in Princeton, shout out to our Princeton people and around the world. So great morning as we step into uh, this part of our service in our, in our uh, going back to the word of God. Um, as you may have heard, if you're on a pre-show, our youngest daughter, Elena, was engaged yesterday to Justin and uh, it's a good day, but for me, it's always a uh, Great day that I'm processing uh, as my youngest daughter is preparing to spread her wings and fly out of the out of the nest, so to speak. We're so very happy for them and celebrating it. Uh, I expect it to get easier uh, with time. It hasn't so far with uh, each of my daughters. But the reality is I'm so grateful for, for Caleb and for Dalton and now for Justin, the part of what, God's, what we prayed for for our daughters. So wonderful day. Um, it's probably on social media if you're not, well, it was on even today a beautiful picture so but here we are and this is not why the topic of what we're talking about today have you ever done something hard or had to do something hard that's not why we're talking about that today but uh, have you ever had to do something hard or have gone through something that's hard from the very small things uh, in in our house if there's a bag of chips in the in the cupboard I find it hard to not eat that bag of chips some of you are sweets people. I'm the savory person. And so if, if I'm watching a, a television show or I'm watching something uh, on my computer or whatever it would be, uh, a bag of chips needs to come with me. I find it hard to say no. If you're, if you're a savory person, give me a thumbs up. Show me some support online right now that you're with me in that. Uh, it's hard to say no to the chips in the cupboard. But on a much more serious note and a re- real note, uh, it's also hard. I, there's been a time in my life more than once when I've been deeply hurt by someone and it's hard to immediately say, I forgive them. Maybe that's you. Uh, But maybe you're in a season right now as a parent where parenting is just hard right now. I think uh, wherever we're at in the globe, uh, some some nations are beginning to slowly open up a little bit more after uh, this pandemic, and hopefully we will soon. But I think there's a a level of that where people are just, I've had enough. I've heard that so many times in the last uh, week or so, maybe a couple of weeks. It's just hard. Maybe you have a hard situation at work right now. Maybe your marriage is in a hard spot right now. Maybe you're just uh, finding that your faith walk is hard. It's not where you would like it to be right now, and it's just going through a little bit of a hard time. Maybe you're a university student. It's finding it hard to push through the work that it's uh, required to do. Uh, Shout out to one of our uh, young adults, though. I saw yesterday on social media that that Wendy uh, uh, Oduroquachi has been accepted into law school, so congratulations going through and doing the hard stuff. There's another level in front of you, but well done, Wendy. And those of you that are in university, maybe it's hard right now, though, for you, you're struggling with anxiety. Maybe you're having some hard financial issues right now. Maybe your business is just in a, in a hard spot. 
Maybe you're like I said earlier at the beginning, you're in a spot where it's, you're finding it hard to forgive someone right now. Wherever you're at, I've heard this word again and again of hard, but connected to that, I'm just frustrated with, I'm frustrated with. And if you have verbalized that, but maybe what hard thing are you facing today? Maybe you're finding it hard to, to let, to, to step into sobriety in the way that you would like to. Maybe you're finding it hard to break free from the grip of pornography that's got you. Wherever you're at, it's important that when you're going through hard things, that you name what you're going through. I think we all face them at different times. Maybe even right now, speak out what's frustrating you right now, what's hard for you right now, so that as we begin to talk about uh, what we're going to talk about right now, um, that we recognize that, that we're in all in various stages. We don't go through the same things, but we're all going through something hard at some different time. Some of you more intense, some of you less intense. Some of you uh, maybe are going through something that for others, they'd be yeah, I could easily go through that. But wherever it's hard for you right now, I want to talk about that as we move into our, our uh, into word of God around the book of Nehemiah, which is in the Old Testament. Open your Bible if you have one. If, you're, if you have a paper one, go right to the middle and turn left towards from Psalms back over to Nehemiah. And as we looked over Nehemiah the last number of weeks, we've been looking at, at a historical figure by the name of Nehemiah. That's why the book is named, who the book is named after. Uh, it was written probably around 2,500, 2,600 years ago, uh, around the time when Israel had gotten out of captivity or into captivity and were in the land of Babylon or Persia at that time. And Nehemiah was a cupbearer in the house of of the king. He was the one who, who uh, took the drink before the king, and if, he, if it was poison, he would die. It was a very important. He guarded the cup, but in it all, he w- went from being a, a simple cupbearer to God calling him to do a hard thing. God was calling him to do a hard thing. He had a great space that he was in. He had a guarantee of food every day. He had a good job. He was favored by the king. But God called him out of that space into a place where he was called to confront a hard thing. A cupbearer called to go and deal with and build the walls of the city of his ancestors that have been devastated for over 150 years. And he stepped out of his comfort zone, out of his spot where everything seemed to be working good, and into a hard thing that God had called him to do. He, he was called to build walls, walls that would protect the city, walls that would protect little children so they could run in peace and safety, walls that would allow families to grow and a city to flourish and business to flourish in at all. But he had to go through a hard thing in order to do that. And it wasn't, it was difficult work. He wasn't trained for it. He wasn't, God had called him to it. And as we peek into this story, we can see the character of God for people who are in hard things right now. People who are facing difficult situations right now. People who are in frustrating moments right now, whether that's your work, your university, whether that's your business, wherever you're at, if you're in hard space right now, if you're going through hard things right now, if you're in a space where you're frustrated with where things are at in your life, this message is for you. And you might say, well, I'm not. You will be one day because that's the way life goes. You're not in it right now. You might be moving into it. And we pick up this story and 
the people had begun to rebuild. And that's our series right now, Rebuild. Somebody say or type in the chat right now, Rebuild. Even in a room with me right now, I see you, Rebuild. There we go. See, they're, uh, they're uh, in, in some other space. They forget I can see them, our tech team. But here we are. We're going to go into chapter 4, and it's right here at verse 1. When Sanballat, that's one of the enemies, heard that we were rebuilding, there's that word again, rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews, the people of God, and in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, that's another city, he said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring back the stones back to life from these heaps of rubble burned as they are? Tobiah the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, what they are building, even a fox climbing up on it, would break down the walls of stone. And that's how it is right now. Nehemiah had an incredibly hard thing to do what God had called him to do. It was frustrating, difficult, and he steps out to do it. And as he steps out to do it, the enemy was greatly incensed and ridiculed him. If you are going to move out of a, or move through a hard thing, you have to understand that there will be opposition for you. It will not just happen in a moment. It will move forward in you and through you, but there will be a push that's required by you in the moment that you're in. And we've got to have a little grit to get through with the grace of God. But hard things don't mean that God is not for you or that you've done something wrong. Nehemiah was doing exactly what God had called him to do, yet he was experiencing this incredible hard thing. And when things are difficult, we tend to only see the difficult rather than what that hard thing. If we can get through that hard thing, what's on the other side? of that hard thing. Marriage counseling is hard. Divorce is hard. And sometimes you have to choose your heart. Being in debt is hard. And getting out of debt is hard. Sometimes you have to choose your heart. Beating pornography is hard. But destroyed life and relationships are hard too. You have to choose your heart. Communication is hard. Not communicating is hard. Choose your heart. Young person, you might say, well, trade school or university is hard. Working at a minimum wage job is also hard. Choose your heart. Forgiving that person is hard. Bitterness is hard too. Choose your heart. Standing for what is right is hard. Standing for nothing is hard. Choose your heart. We have to remind ourselves that when we do the things, the hard things that God is calling us through, calling us to, that God always has something more on the other side of what is hard today. And somebody type, there's more in the chat right now. Somebody just say that. Remind yourself. Speak it out loud. There's more than the hard that I'm going through right now. But it can be hard. But God is moving us through and he's growing us and he's expanding us and he's maturing us and he's preparing us. But it can be hard because we, when we don't understand what's going on, but remind ourselves, and I'm reminding you this morning in Ephesians 6 and 12, for our struggle, 
This is Paul speaking to the people of God. He's saying our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Paul recognized that sometimes it's a struggle. Not every day is easy. Not every day you wake up and the sun is shining and things are just working out for you. Sometimes it's hard. But Paul reminds us that our struggle is not against flesh and blood. But there is a reality. If you are in a struggle right now, there's more going on than you think right now. Many Christians in the West, when they hear Paul's description of these spiritual beings, they do, they think of them like how we describe smallpox today. A terrible scourge of history that happened in the past, but bears little effect in our life today. They wouldn't say it maybe in so many words, but they live like it is. And so often we're shocked when we face opposition and things are hard. And when you start to rebuild or build out what God has called you to do, you will be opposed. You will experience challenges. You will experience hard time. And when we're assaulted with psychological warfare, we're tempted, when we're tempted to suspect people that we love, when sickness hit, when relationships are difficult, when churches strain at the pressure that's undergoing right now. This passage reminds us that our struggle is not against the, the spouse that you live with. It's not against your boss. It's not against me. It's not against your small group leader. It's not against what you're going through. Your struggle is first of all, and the enemy is working behind the scenes. Your struggle is first of all, not against flesh and blood, but there is a spiritual force that is making things difficult and hard, but let me tell you this, that God is for you, that God is working in you, that God is working on your behalf, and when I say that, we don't say it with fear. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but we serve a God who's working and moving in our behalf. And the top tactic of the enemy, this passage shows us, is discouragement. The enemy, Sanballat and Tobiah, they, they show us how the enemy works. He wants to stop you from moving forward. He can't kill you, but he wants to stop you from getting through the hard thing because he knows that if you go through it, you will come out more like Jesus. You will move into spaces that you were intended to occupy. Your business will flourish like God always called it to. Your marriage will be what God called it to do, reflecting the church. You will step into a job that you are equipped for that if you will go through. So the enemy says, I don't want you to go through this thing. Give up quit. So he will ridicule you. He will mock you. You will sense like, I want to quit. I want to give up. Burn stones. Can God do anything from that? Do you know who you are? Heaps of rubble. Look at your past. The anxiety that you fear right now, do who do you think you are? Because if he can bring up what's gone in your past and derail you in your presence and keep you from your future, he will. And the devil wants you to accept where you are as all there is. He wants us to accept what's happening in our world to say he's had the final word. He wants you to accept that the abnormal is normal. He wants you to accept that the unacceptable is acceptable. He wants you to accept that the lie of our culture is true. He wants you to accept that you will not come out of what you're going through. He wants you to accept that you cannot overcome. I was listening to Bishop T.D. Jakes this week on 
the other day and he reminded me that this discouragement is a very usual tactic of the enemy to destroy faith. You will hear things like God doesn't have another job for you. There is no way that there you will find another love after you've been rejected. There isn't, there isn't another assignment for you. Why are you trying? There isn't another victory in you. Your marriage will never recover. You will never overcome that addiction. They don't like you, so you should leave them now. You are done. Stop praying. Stop contending. Stop believing. But we can't allow that to be the only narrative we listen to because the reason the bad is big is because the enemy is trying to keep you small. But when you learn to do small things, you will win big battles. Because let us remind ourselves of who this devil is when he speaks. John 8 and 44 says this, he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth for there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language for he is a liar and the father of lies. He wants to kill the hope of God. He wants to steal the dream of God in you. He wants to destroy your life, your effectiveness. But we remind ourselves, how will we respond in hard times? Nehemiah shows us our response. Nehemiah 4 and 4, our first response is not our last resort. Nehemiah says this in 4 and 4, Hear us, O God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back on their own heads. The small thing that we learn to do in hard times is that first thing is prayer. And you know, oh, Craig, you talk about prayer. Yes, because we're called to not be people just who pray, but we're people of prayer. The prayer is our first response. The prayer, even as you heard in the prayer and praise time this morning, prayer changes things. Prayer makes things move that are immovable. Prayer moves the hand of God. Prayer is a partnership. And I'm believing that what is frustrating that God is doing in this season, what has been frustrating you will be frustrated by God. And prayer is that great thing to do. God is not done with you just because you're going through a difficult thing, a painful thing. This is not how your story ends. Somebody needs to grab a hold of that. This is not how my story ends. In this hard time, in this difficult time, it's not over. This is not how I'm called to live. This is not who I'm called to be. But if God is for me, who can be against me? That God is in me, greater is he that's in the world. It might be hard, but God is calling you out of something that the enemy is trying to keep you in. It might be hard, but God is calling you to reconcile when the enemy is calling you to divide. It might be hard, but God is calling you to build when the enemy is calling you to retreat. God moves in prayer. The reason the battle is big is because the enemy is trying to keep you small. But when you learn to do small things, you will win big battles. And so we go on in the story and they continued on. And I love this. They were afraid. They say, God move. They prayed. And then they got back to work. So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height for the people worked with all their heart. But when Samballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, the people of Ashdod heard that the repairs to Jerusalem's walls had gone ahead and that the gaps were being closed, they were very angry. 
The people didn't quit. They worked with all their heart. They had a mind to work. If you're going to see things change in your life, you're going to pray, but you're, you're, you want to see things change. You also need to learn this other small step, and it's a hard one. It's called work. It's called work. These people had obstacles against them, but they prayed and they had a mind to work. That's how God works. He moves on our behalf. He gives courage and favor. He provides, but he also invites us into a partnership with him. His power's within us, but we need to move. Repairs had gone ahead, but they were not done yet. Gaps were being closed, but they were not done yet. God is working in you so that he can work through you. I don't know, I love where it says this, the reality of it. The wall reached half its height. I don't know about you, but when things are half done, I start to lose motivation. Being half done is the most challenging thing. You did a lot, but there's still a lot to do, and you're starting to think maybe it, it's okay. The newness and the shininess, or the shininess of your, your great purpose, your job was done, it's not, and now it's just a lot of work. I've done renovations in most of the houses that we've lived in. And I am amazing at demolition. Like I'll tear things out, I'll break them, I'll throw things out, and I get it back to where it's kind of usable. The sink works and the, the, the stove is hooked up, but the cupboards aren't all put together yet and the cabinets aren't and the painting's not finished, the backsplash is not on. And I start to lose motivation. There's patches and just, it's working. And I think this is a critical time when you get halfway through, sometimes even when you get halfway through recovery, for example, and you start to see things are changing and you start to let off a little bit. Don't quit halfway. And when your marriage is starting to improve and you start to step back a little bit because it's a little bit of hard work, press through and work through until the plan that God had for you is seen in its fullness. And whether you're in, whenever you're at in the hard thing that you're facing right now, don't quit. Keep going, keep working with the power of God in you. I love what Christine Kane said. She said, it's impossible to get to the end if you quit in the middle. You're like, whoa, revelation. Yes, it is. Because I think so many of us quit halfway. It's impossible to get to the end. Don't go through all that hard stuff halfway and then quit. And then you got to start again. Continue to lean in and say, God, help me to do the small things so I can win big battles. And write in the chat right now, maybe, or even say it out loud. I'm not done yet. Come on, somebody write it in the chat. I'm not done yet, and God's not done yet. And so I'm not quitting halfway. I'm not stopping halfway. Our church is called to plant churches, many, many churches. And so we could say, we're just getting going in Princeton, and it's hard, but we're not stopping. We're not quitting. There are still many more things that God's called us to do. People that need Jesus, churches that need to be planted, schools that need to be adopted, marriages that need restoring, homes that need to be brought back together. Businesses that need to start so that they can donate hundreds of thousands of dollars to see churches planted in Thailand and Nigeria and Uganda. There's so much yet for us. And in this season, do not quit. Continue to lean in and work and say, God, your power is in me. I need your help right now because I want to quit. So help me, oh God, right now. And Nehemiah is such a great reminder to us. The wall is half done. The gap are being closed. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. 
And then the enemy went away, right? And they finished because everything was easy peasy after that. Just real easy. Nope. Every time you take a step forward, the enemy's going to take a step at you. But let me tell you this, that doesn't matter. We're going to, we're, every time the enemy raises it, God's like, I got you and I got more because it's not an equal battle. God has more power in his fingertip than all of hell does all by itself. It's not an equal battle. We're just in the middle of this, this play and we're saying, God help me to contend and move your kingdom forward. Thank you that your power is within me. In verse eight, it says this, all those people that were gathered against them says they plotted together to come and to fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. The enemy will come. He will fight against you. He will stir up trouble against you. And I, that word plotted just means that in the dictionary it talks about a secret plan or a scheme to accomplish some purpose, especially a hostile, unlawful, or evil purpose. He's come to fight. He's come to stir up trouble. And the meaning of that is to create confusion and disorder and upheaval and tumult and or tumult yes and chaos and lack of clearness and in this season does that not stand sound like what many of us are experiencing i am so frustrated i am confused there's disorder there's upheaval does that not sound that like much of what's going on trouble being stirred up to bring confusion but here's the thing many of you are looking at somebody else as the source of the problem and you're saying i got to get them out of my life or I've got to get out of their life or I've got to withdraw but that's not what's just going on there's stuff going on there is a conspiracy in hell and this is the one time I'm a conspiracy not a theorist a reality that the the scheme of hell is moving against you to steal you to kill you to destroy the call of God on your life and you can let it happen or, or you can push through God good hard things and say God I'm gonna I need your help to take me through right now. And when a person, because when there's confusion happening, this is what happens. There's a change in your mental state in which you are not able to think with your usual clarity. Your decision-making ability is impaired. And when the pressure is on and you sense that confusion and the trouble stirring up, do not make decisions in that space without talking to someone else, without praying it through someone else, because you may not be in your right mind. You may be confused and think you're doing well. The thing is, I've even heard some people say, I'm so confused. Don't make crazy decisions in your confusion. Get out of confusion. I'm going to talk about that in a moment. But confusion will lead you into confusing spaces. Confusion will cause you to hesitate a little bit. And when you hesitate, the enemy can move on your life in another way. So in this moment right now, don't hesitate. Don't allow confusion because hesitation can be fatal. But as we face hard things, some of us are realizing this morning that we have been hesitating. We have been withdrawing a little bit. We have started, stop taking the initiative, I should say. We've started to accept what life is throwing at us. We've started to believe that this is all there is. And some of you are, and some of us are in critical spaces right now and you don't even realize it. 
But I'm praying that where there has been the enemy has come at you, where he has fought against you, where there has brought confusion against you, that you will have a spirit of revelation from heaven to come upon you. That those of you who have felt and even said, I am confused right now, I don't understand what's going on, that someone needs to hear this morning that the hesitation, the confusion, the lack of clarity that you have been having, the weird thoughts that you've been having about people, about the church, about God's call is part of the enemy's strategy to get you on your back foot, to get you back, at, not only on your back foot, but put you on retreat. And I'm praying for you this morning. I'm praying for you. Yes, you. Yes, you. That right now, that for the breaking of confusion, I felt this so strongly this morning, the breaking of strange thinking right now by the power of the strong name of Jesus, that you would put your hands on your heart or on your head right now and pray with me. God, break all confusion right now that I have come under and I have not even been aware of. Break all the plans of the enemy to stir up trouble against our children, against our family, against our marriage, against our business, against my life, against my work. Break the power of the enemy that's been stirring up trouble. Open my eyes to see things clearly. Open my ears to hear so that I don't walk in confusion. Your voice, Lord, I want to hear confusion go in the strong name of Jesus. Hindrances against me be released in the strong name of Jesus. All demonically stirred up trouble stops in Jesus' name. Right now, frustration goes in Jesus' name. No more hesitating to what God's called me to do. No more giving the enemy the initiative. Break it, break it, break it right now in the name of Jesus. Mm. God always has an answer. See, the enemy, he comes, but again, here's the people of God in 4 and verse 9. says, they prayed to God and posted a guard. And posted a guard. Few verses in the Bible more clearly show that connection between faith in God and the practical application by the people of God. And I love this, and to me it shows this place of standing your ground. They could have ran right at that moment. The enemy is coming. There's all kinds of things happening. But I want to remind you this morning to stand your ground. Ephesians 6 and 13, where it talks, the next verse after we're told to, that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. And it says this, therefore, in other words, since you don't wrestle against flesh and blood, therefore, take up the whole armor of God. See, God even provides the armor and you put it all on and having done all that, stand firm. Stand your ground. Don't yield an inch. More than that, you press the enemy with your praise and with your prayer. Take back more ground. He will fight back, but greater is Jesus within you. Don't panic. You fight with the power of God and uh, uh, Psalm 108 and 13 reminds us, with God we shall do valiantly. It is he who will tread down our foes. God is working for you right now. The reason the battle is big is because the enemy is trying to keep you small. But when you learn to do small things, when you learn to do small things, you will win big battles. You're learning to pray. You're learning to work. You're learning to stand your ground. And you know what? When the opposition, though, sometimes it won't let up. But God always has an answer. They 
they stood their ground there, but look what continued to happen. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, the strength of the laborers is giving out and there's so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the walls. And then our enemies said, before they know it or see us, we will be right there among them and we'll kill them and put an end to the work. Look what it says there. It says the strength of the laborers is giving out because they said there's too much rubbish. I like that because just a few verses earlier, they were pushing hard. They were moving. They, they didn't care about all that rubbish. There wasn't more rubbish all of a sudden. But it tells you and reminds us to watch your fatigue. Watch that your weariness does not overcome your willingness. And in this time and in this season, you can be praying, you can be working, you can be standing but don't let your weariness overcome your willingness. Galatians 6 and 9 reminds us, let us not become weary in doing good. For in due season we will reap, we will get through the hard thing if we don't quit, if we don't give up. But what would cause you to quit? Weariness. It's interesting that as well in Matthew 11, Jesus says this, come unto me all you who are weary, all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Again, we are not in this by ourselves. We don't go through hard things by ourselves. The God who called us to it will call us through it. Jesus said, come unto me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And so how did they respond again? They prayed. And then he says this in verse 13. They posted them by families. To me, it just speaks of community. It speaks of community. Protection, the protection of family, the, and not just your, your natural family, the family of God, and how much in a season of isolation we need to be moving together, protecting one another, encouraging one another. Maybe even right now, if you're new and you have been able to connect or you want a pastor to connect with you, just email hello at horizonchurch.ca. Maybe you're just saying, I can't reach out right now. Other than that, if you do that, if you, we would love to pray with you, talk with you, help you in any way. Maybe you need to see a counselor. I don't know. Maybe though you're feeling pretty good and you're the one that needs to send the text right now to somebody that God would put on your mind. You're the one that needs to go on FaceTime and say, hey, can we talk? We've done this a couple of times in the last couple of weeks with some, some of our friends and got on a, on a Zoom call and had dinner together because we just needed to see people. And it's been wonderful. Family and community connects us together. And instead of being frustrated, look at verse 15 says this. When our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to our own work. God is frustrating what has been frustrating you. God is frustrating what has been frustrating you. And as you go through hard things right now, I want to encourage you to continue to lean into your prayer. Just continue to work what God has shown you to do. Continue to be a person who stands strong and does it in community. Don't, don't pull back. Don't stop in the middle of the hard things because if you quit in the middle, you will never see what God intended for you in the end because God is frustrating what has been frustrating you. I'm gonna pray in a moment and then we're gonna go into communion uh, in the post-show in a moment. But if you've never made Jesus the forgiver and leader of your life, I just want to remind you of that all it takes is seven little words 
Pray it from your heart. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Come into my life. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Those seven words start a journey where God begins to heal. God begins to restore. God been, begins to rebuild your life. And if you've been going through a season and maybe you need, you need prayer, prayer at horizonchurch.ca. Maybe you need someone to stand with you, reach out in community, whatever it would do. I want to encourage you that God in this season, as you do this, as you cooperate and partner with God in rebuilding, God is frustrating what has been frustrating you. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.